0: Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Just before we get onto the podcast quickly, guys, just want to talk to you about our new sponsor that's come on board, Books and Gifts Direct. Books and Gifts Direct is Australia's largest direct seller of books and gifts. They sell their products from lunchrooms, reception desks, and they're in other places like schools, childcare centres, businesses, hospitals, community centres, and other corporate entities. Their books and gifts sell up to 70% off recommended retail price, and as the leading direct seller of books and gifts across Australia, they have a strong buyer power, and without the overheads of a shopfront, they can afford to pass on significant savings. So guys, if you definitely want to have a look at this, I recommend it. Link will be in the bio, but let's not waste any more time, guys. Let's get into the episode. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. A little different one here today. Obviously, if you guys don't know, I do love basketball. That's my obviously first sport I usually talk about. But I'm going to talk today about a little bit about rugby league and RL. Now, the finals are coming really, really fast. Week one just previously went. I'm just going to do a little wrap up of week one. And just for me, if you guys like this, I'm going to do a little insight into the first, sorry, the second week of the final. So, guys, without further ado, let's not waste any more time. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. All right, guys, we are back, back for another episode. Now, obviously, if you guys don't know what rugby league is, rugby league is a sport, very similar to rugby union. Obviously, it's got rugby in the first name of it, of course, but it is rugby league. Now, little backstory: I am a Penrith Panthers fan. Penrith Pampers fan. I am loyal to them since a long, long time. So, if you guys do hear a lot of bias towards the Panthers, don't be shocked because it's obviously going to be a thing. Like, obviously, I'm going to think that they you know, can still win the premiership. But we're going to talk about a little bit of that finals first week review. Now, the first game, it was Manly versus Melbourne, and it just showed to me that Melbourne is still the best team in the competition right now. They're still the team to beat, if you ask me. And a lot of people have thought that, you know, Manly could give them a real good shake. Now... I'm not going to say that you know that game defined the gap of Manly and Melbourne because I don't think so. I think when Melbourne get into a roll and get into a rhythm, it's so hard to get them to crack and get them back out of that. Now we obviously saw that they can do it to any team in the competition when they're on their day, and for me, they basically filled in an all-star level caliber team like look at it, Ryan Pappenhausen most likely would have played origin this year if he wasn't injured. I think that was a definite. He was definitely going to be that number 14 jersey, and it would have been a great play place and piece for that New South Wales team. You look at their wingers. They're probably, you know, after, you know, Josh Ado Carr the wingers in, someone, in one of their centers partnering, they're not the greatest if you thought about it, but playing in the season, they're being gunned Like Josh Car, another origin player. George Jennings is one of the players that Craig Bellamy has sprinkled his little magic dust on and has made him an all-caliber player, like made him an th- actual threat in the NRL. Now, he did bounce around a couple teams and a couple years in this league. Now, you look at it, he was with the Paramount Eagles last year, he couldn't even get a run. Goes down, goes down, to, Mel- goes down to Melbourne, starts. Like, it, there's something doing there. Like, he'd done such a great job there, Craig Bellamy. Look at their centers, Justin Olam, all-star caliber player. Remus Smith, one of, the five, one of the best buys of the year. Another player that's been gun. You know, he's really found a good fit there. Obviously, they got a great halves pairing. Second second best to oh, arguably the best halves pairing in the competition. Manny Munster, the Prez, and then Jerome Hughes. One of the most underrated players in the league, Jerome Hughes. I still think he is. He's the second best halfback in the world, if you ask me. Yes, I'm going to put him over Daly Cherry Evans. I'm not going to put him over Clez, but, but yeah, you look at their team. Jesse Bromwich, Dale Finucane, Harry Grant, Brandon Smith. You know, that's that's their forward pack, you know. Then you got Felice Kafusi, Kenny Bromwich, another underrated gun. You know, all these players, you know, and then they've just got the big monster there, Nelson Asafa solomona coming off the bench, giving him impact. Tui Kamakamifa, who's probably made of just brick. You know, all these players, like, they have a gun team. And, like, if a lot of people are like, oh, you know, Melbourne are beatable. Yeah, they're beatable, 100%. Any team in the NRL is beatable on their day. But, jeeks, they're a gun team. And they just, they just displayed that. You know, Nico Hines, I haven't even talked about him. Like, they've just got some great depth there. You know, so for me, I actually wasn't shocked that they gave Manly a bit of a touch-up. Because I just looked at their team. You know, you just I just said basically their whole team. And they're all international slash rep-level players, if you ask me. Maybe not George Jennings. But even still, he's been really, really good this year. Remus Smith, he most likely will play for New Zealand. You know, probably in the, in the wing. Pardon me, we've all set a spot. <laughs> sorry, pardon me there. But, you know, that, that team's gone. It's cracked. It's like, it's dead-set freakish. But, yeah, no, you know, and you look at Manly, obviously they, they, that's, sorry, obviously that Craig Bellamy, the best coach in the world if you ask me, he did his job. He did what he wanted to do with Turbo. Whatever he wanted to do, their tactics, he got him out of the game. And I just think there's not a lot, there, there should be more talked about Craig Bellamy being the best coach in the world or, and arguably the best coach ever. Because there's not a lot of people that have been able to do it consistently, get Turbo out of the game. Now, he's done it, he definitely did it this past game. And a lot of people could argue he did it the last time they burst in the regular season. But, you know, for me, I think they were really, really good. I did like Ruben Garrick for them. I think Ruben Garrick, you're talking about Lee, he did have a good strong season. He's playing well, he's playing consistent. Jason Sarr's been really good for them. That that kick Ruben Garrick and Jason Sarr connected on to get their second try of, the set of that game it was a really, really smart play, a calculated play that Des likes to run in the regular season. So I wasn't shocked to see them convert it. Obviously, Lumi Lumi had a bit of a shocker about one, a bit of a Barry Bumble, a bit of a fumble there, but still, it was a smart, calculated move. It was a calculated risk at the end of the day. But I just going back onto that game, I just I wasn't I wasn't shocked that Melbourne actually gave it to him because. They, they would have been doing so much homework on Turbo, how to get him out of the game. And Manly are kind of like, if you can get Turbo out of the game, you can kind of get them out of their whole rhythm. Because if Turbo's playing good, then Manly have that sense of direction and that sense that, like, oh, if Turbo's on, we're all on. And for me, I think, Turbo, I don't think he was off. Because you probably look at their stats in fantasy. He was probably still did a lot of good things there. But, you know, he just wasn't his normal self. So I actually don't see Manly doing that again. And I think that, you know, this game against the Roosters, they'll probably be... You know, pretty heavy favourites, but I'll talk about that a little bit later. But then the second guy we had was Penny Panthers versus Rabbitohs. Now, yep, give it give it to the Penny Panthers. They were not good. They were not good. But that's not to distaste, or that's sorry, that's not to take away from the South Sydney Rabbitohs. I'll, I will say this. I thought Penrith was special. So I thought, yep, they're going to come in, they're going to roll in hard, they're going to play fast, they're going to be into the rhythm. Because I watched Melbourne play, and I just thought Melbourne and Penrith, they're in their own little tier. Melbourne obviously better than Penrith, but I would still consider Penrith to be in that tier. Now, they did go 1-1 one one in the regular season, so I do take that into account, but let's be honest here, it's been a completely different season since everyone's moved up to Queensland. So I do say that in a, with, a, with a grain of salt... But in saying that, yeah, I thought Penrith were specials. One of my good mates, Barnsley, we always have a chat every week about footy. He said to me, mate, I wouldn't be shocked if Rabbitohs have a good game. And I was like, mate, they're not going to win. And he didn't think they were going to win either. Let's, I think no one thought they were going to win, apart if you're a Rabbitohs fan, especially with Latrell B now. I think he's such a big piece for them. But still, you know, no one thought they were going to win. But in saying that, the first five to ten minutes, Penrith, ooh, they were on. They just showed that sense. And I think for me, I, I, I had been saying this for a long, long time. I didn't think Dylan Edwards... Now, I think he's a good, he's a safe player, but what he does, is, what does he do great? Not a lot, but in saying that, I think Dylan Edwards was very missed in that game. Now, when Isaiah Yo made that break in the first half, if you looked at the preliminary final last year, Isaiah Yo makes a nice run, he gets open space. Who's there to support him? Dylan Edwards. Now, I love Stephen Crichton, I think he's a special player in this league. I think he's gone for a little bit of second year syndrome, but still, in saying that he had a good game, why wasn't he there? I can tell you right now, Dylan Edwards would have been there. And that would have been a bit of meat for Dylan Edwards. And that's why we need him in the team. He also is very safe. You know, he just doesn't really muck up anything. And I, and I think he's actually a really good fit. And I actually see now why they stuck to him. Because I, my opinion was, put Matt Burton at fullback. Now, a lot of people are like, really? But you kind of do what South Sydney do, what what Manley do. You look at it, Matt Burton's a gun. Like, he would have been great in that, you know, coming off a sweep as a fullback. You know, and he had the ball handling and that skill before. I thought it would have been a perfect fit. Now, obviously, it would have been difficult to see different to see him defending it and under the high ball. I think he's a natural footballer player. I think footballer, sorry, I think he would have been absolutely fine to do that. But I think looking back at it now, Dylan Edwards is actually our safest pick in our best pick at fullback. I still don't know what they're doing with Stephen Crichton. He was a left center last year. He was a center of the year last year in his rookie season, and now he's playing wing. I, I, I don't get it. I'm not too sure what they're sticking to. I know they love they love Matt Burton. and Hey, don't get me wrong. Matt Burton's a gun. But at the end of the day, Matt Burton, I wouldn't leave him out at 17, but he's not going to be there next year. Now, I get you want to put your best team forward to win the competition. It was proven last year that Stephen Crichton can play left center. He was 19th man in origin. If someone got injured in the back line, he would have been in like... And now he's playing at the wing, where that's not his favorite position. Now I don't know what Ivan's doing, and saying that I back Ivan, I back Ivan a lot. In saying that, I'm a panther so I back everything they do. I'll, I'll back them to to the moon and back. But I think you got to get Crichton back into the centers. Now Mommoroski's been good for us. I'll, I'll, I won't I won't discredit him, but he's better than Mommoroski. Put him at center. Charlie Staints did a good job for us. I think is a little bit He's a little green, and that's fair because he's basically a rookie still. But you know he can do his job. He does his role really well. He wants to be a fullback too. So we've got Craig, we've got Staines, we've got Dylan Edwards, who all want to be fullbacks. Burton, I thought, could have been a gun fullback. But it's interesting to see. I I, I just would have had... I, I would have probably admitted Paul Momoroski this, year, this week because he was consistently in a team that he wasn't. And then, you know, I a lot of people are like, oh, Brett Naden. I know why they're not playing Brett Naden. They, they were not happy with what he did last year. You know, his whole saga. Look, I don't really care at the end of the day. You know, people make mistakes. It's it's not the biggest problem in the world. still think Brett Naden's a good player. I think he'll have a pretty decent season over at the Doggies next year. But, yeah, for me, Crichton's got to be at centre for us. In saying that, we played average and Souths beat us by six and Souths took all the points when they could. Now, the whole scare and, – and that's, for me, that's actually a good sign for us. And my old man said it's positive because at the end of the day – we. we if Penrith want to win the competition, you're going to, we're going to have to go through Melbourne. It's set in stone if we want to win the competition. Now, I would rather verse them in the prelims after they haven't played for a week. And it sounds crazy because Penrith, if they win, they get momentum, they're on a roll. They're in a, they're, they're on a lot of confidence. And I'll talk about if I think they'll win. If they won't, I think you can probably kind of tell what my answer will be. But in saying that, I think Penrith can catch Melbourne at a really good spot. Now, in saying that, it's completely different teams and errors, but back in 2011, you know, you know, I, I listened to the May John's podcast basically religiously. I loved Cooper Cronk on there. I think he's a very smart player, but you know, they they kind of were flat out of the gates, and I could kind of see them possibly being that. Now, I could be definitely wrong, and I probably will be wrong. I think the rest will probably be better for the Melbourne team because they've been doing that for so so for such a long time. But I'm not too sure. I think Melbourne are definitely beatable, but in saying that, yeah, I think South, great job to them. No, no discredit to them, but I think the week off for them could probably work in their disadvantage. But in saying that, we will find out soon. The third game of the week, and it was the best game of the week game of the week, if you ask me. And not based on skill and talent wise, but based on everything that happened, that was the Sydney Roosters against Gold Coast. First first reaction was, now Gold Coast is probably my second team. Now, the reason I say that, I love a rebuild. I love a rebuild. I don't know if you guys listen to my basketball, I love rebuilds sometimes more than I like championship teams. And Gold Coast have done a rebuild with Justin Holbrook in two years and they've been from at, from last place to ninth, to ninth, to eighth. Now, if you ask me, that is a great, great couple of years. Justin Holbrook, I think, is a really good coach. Now, he has come from a lineage. You know, he was with the Roosters when they won their premierships. How many people would remember remember that and know that? He did win a premiership in the Super League. So he's done some really good things around NRL and Rugby League, right? So there's no shock to me that they've gone really well. Obviously, having Mel Meninga there, it's massive for them. You know, it's it's a massive lure for them. I think it's kind of like a Jerry West of the NBA, if you ask me. He's able to come out and get talent to come play. I would have loved to have seen how close they were to getting Cameron Smith if he was to not come back to the Melbourne Storm because I don't think he would have came back to Melbourne if he had one more year because if that was the case, they would have lost Harry Green, and Melbourne didn't want to lose him because they look at it, well, we'd rather have one year of Cameron Smith which you probably would do, but then at the end of the day, would you rather have Harry Grant for six to seven years, Brandon Smith for a little bit longer? You know, that's that's the question. That's the question, you know, it would have been answered. But in saying that, in saying that, right, I'm just not too sure. I'm not too sure what Gold Coast's direction is because the way I see it, I like Jamal Fogarty. I like him. He's a safe player, right? A.J. Brimson, very good player, Queensland origin player. You've got Preston Campbell as a young bloke, and Jaden Campbell, who I think needs to be in the 13 every every week. Now, what do they do with all three of those players? Obviously, you can play all three of those players. A lot of people would say, oh, you know, play Jaden at the 1, A.J. at the 6, Fogarty at the 7. Makes sense, right? Yeah, it does make sense. It absolutely makes sense. But this is what I would do. And I think it's a bit... Bit out there, but I think it's actually a really smart piece. I would say Jaden Campbell at one, AJ Brimson at six, number seven Toby Sexton. Now he is a player that was a rookie this year, played for them, showed really good glimpses, and I think he kind of got uh, he kind of got you know hooked a little bit too prematurely for a player like Ash Taylor, who's not even going to be there next year. Like he was probably the richest player in the NRL to be average. And look, whatever happens with him, happens with him. I do hope he has you know another good season wherever he plays. But in saying that, now you play them, those three, and I think Jamal Fogarty would actually be a really good hooker. He's a strong, big, big halfback. He's a pretty good defender. He doesn't mind a little bit of work, and he plays hard, right? Now you've got all these X factors on the on the field at the same time. Now, it would take him a long, long time to get... Now, I do think that Toby Sexton can be a really good player. I do think that A.J. Brimson can be a good 5'8". He actually was a 5'8", before, and then he had to acclimate and learn how to play fullback. I don't know if a lot of people know that, and that's something interesting. So he might feel a little bit more comfortable playing at 5'8". And then they have pure electricity and just clear oomph in Jaden Campbell. I think that kid's going to be a freak. He's going to be a freaky man. He's going to be a star in the NRL. So I, I would play all four of them. Now you have Tino. Now you have Fafida. Now you have all those players. You have cemented players in a cemented position. That's Spine. You look at it, three out of those four players are just starting to enter the NRL. AJ Brimson's been there for a little bit, but he's still a young player. And then Jamal Fogarty, he's 26-27. He wants to win. He's in that age. I think he's a really, really good leader for them. So I think that's that would be the move for me. I think Brian Kelly's a gun player, but talking about the game, geez, the Titans had it. The Titans had it. Patrick Herbert. Just catch the ball. Look up. Three on two. What are do you on do 2 Don't think too much. Just pass it to the next bloke. Who's the next bloke next to you? Arguably the best second role in the competition. Now, I said arguably. David Fafita. But if I am Patrick Herbert and David Fafita's got Daniel Tupu on him, one-on-one. We all know who's going to win that. It's for feeder. Give the ball and you score and you win. In saying that, the pressure would have been enormous. The, the, the feeling Patrick Herbert like, oh, goes, I'll get him, I'll suck him in and then I'll kick it out. Not the right play, but mate, they were that close. Now, in saying that, Roosters, I think, looked better on the day in saying that when they scored their tries, they were a bit crisper, a bit cleaner. You could just tell they had a little bit more experience. But in the flip side... Titans had no real experience, but that, I think, helped them because they didn't really know what to expect. So if you don't know what to expect, man, you just go out and you play. you got nothing to lose. There's no real point, you know, if you worry about too much, they went out and played. And to me, they really came home with a strong sale, a wet sale. And I was actually really disappointed to see them not get the win. Now, a lot of people think that the field goal by Sam Walker was, was illegal. And by the letter of the law, yeah, it is. It's illegal. It's a penalty, this and that. But I'm not really fussed about it. At the end of the day, I still think the better team won. But in saying that, There's a lot of, lot of growth. And if you're a Titans fan, you'd be very happy with that because you lost by a point to a Roosters team who's had a lot of veteran experience. I get the Roosters have been, you know, doing it tough this year. And I think if anyone deserves Coach of the Year, if it's not Craig Bellamy, it definitely is Trent Robinson, if you ask me. He's done a cracker job with that team. With the amount of injuries that they've had, the amount of second-string players that they had play for them, you know, he's done a great job and he's just, you know, doing a great job. But I wouldn't be shocked if the Roosters get mainly this week. Saying that, it would be very, very interesting to see if they did that, but I'm not too sure. But yeah, you know, going back to that game, great game off. It was the best game of the week. And then our last game we had, it was the Parramatta Eels against the Newcastle Knights. And this game was a very interesting game in saying that. It was a different game. It was a game that I really thought that would have been a little bit more high scoring in saying that, because I thought that Paradiddle would have put a little bit of a clinic on, if you ask me. But in saying that, Newcastle actually did a really, really good job. Now, if you're a Parramatta fan, and I have a couple of good mates that are Parramatta fans, I'd be worried if I were you. You, you, you really couldn't put Newcastle to the sword. And if you're me, you're sorry. If 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 I am a Parramatta fan, I think our team was better than Newcastle. I think our team had a little bit more depth, talent than them. And you couldn't put them. You just couldn't put them away. And if I if I'm a Parramatta fan, I'm a bit worried about that because you're not going to verse another team. Of Newcastle's calibre You're going to teams That are much better In saying that Parramatta did What they needed to do To get the win Now they started off Pretty average Newcastle got that first try Really really quickly If they was to get a second try I think Parramatta might have Folded But in saying that I will give Parramatta credit They did come back They did fight Mitch Moses had a really good Strong game He played really really well But in saying that Jeez Jeez it's going to be tough for Parramatta next week. It's going to be tough. But in saying that, Newcastle, I thought they did a pretty good job this season considering all the injuries they had the first half of the season. In saying that, they're not going to be a great team, if you ask me. Big mail coming around from from a close source of mine that Mitch Pearce will be on the move next year and he will be going to the green machine, the Canberra Raiders. Now, who knows if that's going to be true or not, but that is the news and that is the rumours that's being said. But I just think Newcastle, you have Bradman Best, you got Caelan Ponger. You've got some classy young players. Invest in them, double down on them, maybe get rid of someone like a Mitch Pierce. They do have a Phoenix Crosslands coming in for the ranks. So maybe you do that. Maybe you look to go rebuild it in some direction. I think you've got your nine-six-one sorted. If Mitch Pierce does move on, you need to get a seven. But in saying that, I don't mind it. Connor Watson, that's gonna be a bigger loss than what people think. Connor Watson, I think, was a really, really loved and popular player there. And I think Newcastle, they're in that weird period where they're kinda of like of the Lena Magic in the NBA. You know, they're good to make the playoffs, but are they good enough to ever get past the first round? That's that's a question that, you know, you'll never know. But in saying that, I think actually they actually did a pretty good job coming back from all those injuries. I think when KP, Jake Clifford, PFC, and Jaden Bradley played, they had a pretty strong winning percentage. So it is interesting to see what they could do. If they do keep that team, I definitely... I'm, I'm not too sure what they could do. They are getting Dane Gay Guy up there, and they are, you know, getting another season where Tyson Frizzell can get acclimated. So I definitely think that they could possibly make the second round next year. In saying that, I just think that you've know got to invest in young players. I think Mitch Barnett should really be in that leadership program if he isn't. I think he can be an origin-caliber player. If he went to a team like Melbourne, if he went to a team like the Roosters, he would definitely be an origin player if you ask me. He's tough. He's hard-nosed. He gets the job done. Double down on him. Also double down on Daniel Saifidi. So you young blokes. Double down on them. For me, saying that, wrap-up of that game, Parramatta, yeah, got the win, but it wasn't a great win. Now we'll move on to the previews of this week. Two games, two cracking games, if you ask me. Two games that I think I'll be obviously confident who will win the games, but I wouldn't be shocked if they go either way. Honestly, at the end of the day, first and we'll talk about first game we'll talk about, sorry, I'm gonna get them out of the way first so I can talk about the Penny Panthers. I will talk about the Manly rowing Sea Eagles against the Roosters. If it's me and if I I don't punt, I'm not a punter. Don't really love a punt. And it and it might be interesting to a lot of people, because I don't lot of love a punt, love a punt. But if I was a punter. I am going to wherever the fuck I'm going to go put right. I'm going to go tab, I'm going to go my. Up. I am putting Manly thirteen plus. I am putting Tom Chavoyevich double. I am putting Rubik Gar- Ruben Garrick to get ten points or over. I'm putting Jason Saab to get a bit of meat, and I am predicting Manly to have a cracking game here. Now, I wouldn't be shocked to see if Trent Robinson can sprinkle his magic dust and figure out figure out a way to win. But mate, no Sam Verrills. That's a big loss. It's a bigger loss than what people think. He's their next hooker for the next five to 10 years, guys. So he's a really big loss. He does really good things on that on that footy field. What are they going to do? Are they going to put Victor Radley there? Are they going to put Ben Marshkey there? Are they going to put Lachlan Land there, start Sam Walker? You never know. So they're in a bit of influx still. Now, in saying that, they still do have James Tedesco, who Tom Jawabic came out and said is the best hooker in the world right now. That's interesting. That's debatable. I think Tommy is still the best fullback in the world. I just think he doesn't want to say that, so there's less pressure on him. But I do think Manly are, are special to win this game. I think if they win this game, and I don't think it's that big of a take, if they win this game, they'll beat Souths, because I don't think Souths – like, I, I think Souths are good, but I just don't think – like, Melbourne, I mean, Penrith have Nathan Clear, who's a gun, but he's not freakish like Tom Djovojevic, if you ask me. He's very much in the mold of a Cameron Smith or Cooper Cronk, where Tom Djovojevic is a freak. Like, he can just do things that just aren't humane, like, sometimes. So I think that, they, you know, if they go up against him, they won't be able to stop him. And, look, Uncle Wayno Clint, he, he does know what he's doing, and he could probably figure out a way to stop Tom Djovojevic, but I think that Manly will get on a roll, especially if they beat the Roosters, which I think they will. I think they're going to definitely give it to him. So I think that they would, you know, have a really good chance of versus South. South would be rested, which would be obviously fair. But no Latrell for me it was a massive loss, and they did beat Penrith. I will get that, I understand that, but they didn't beat Penrith by a, you know, a great, you know, couple of this and that. They beat them by brute strength, 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 and effort. And I think Manly, if they can get into that tug of war, I still think that they can definitely beat someone like a South. But in saying that, Manly thirteen plus Tommy Double Saab try Rubik Garrick. 10 points are over. I think that's a fucking easy multi if you ask me. But hey, I'm not a betting man. But if that does pan out, I might look to do some bets. You never know. Second game, we'll talk about the be- the Battle of the West. The best teams in the West right now. Penny versus Para. You know where I'm going to go with this. Penriff will win, if you ask me. And I think I'm actually more nervous versus Paramatter than I am than versus in And it's crazy that someone could say, and that you could say, really? Like, what's doing alert? But you look at it, Parramatta are so unpredictable. They could they got beat by f- something like 40 to Manly, but then they beat Melbourne. Like, what he's doing? Like, they are the definition of... I don't know. Me and my best mate Barnsley say they are the Parramatta pretenders. One of my better mates, sorry, Barnsley said they're the Parramatta pretenders, and I get that. I absolutely think that they are. I think that they're chokes. They're they not as good as what they are, but the media perceives and puts them in a, in a stratosphere where they're, you know, a top-four team. They had one player... Picked for origin out of their team in the first game. So when everybody was healthy, that was Junior Porlo. Now, Reed Marnie was in the squad, got dropped eventually. They had one player. The fact that they were making the top four consistently in the top six, that's actually an achievement for me. And they're giving Brad Stevens a lot of, oh Brad they're giving Brad Arthur a lot of flack, a lot of this and that. I think he's done a good job with the cattle he's got. Now, he does have some ex origin players. In Regan Campbell, Gillard, you know, he's, he's got Nathan Brown there, who's played origin. Guffo, who's very polarizing, if you ask me. He has been an ex-origin player. It's, it's, it's crazy to say that. You know, they don't have gun players. Mitch Moses got to play origin this year. But they don't have a heap of origin players. So in saying that, I think they've done a really, really good job, if you ask me. Now, if they come out with the same intent and energy that they that they sustained against Melbourne, they could definitely beat us. I, I have no doubts that they can definitely beat us. But I think Penrith... It's a massive wake-up call. And when they lost that game, Isaiah put him in a huddle and he just laid the law down. And I think that's the best thing for him. Gives up some massive rocket up the ass, and it says, you know what, we can't just go out and play average and beat us South Sydney. Because I thought they they were looking at that preliminary final the week after and they probably fought her up versus Manly or Pat or... or Manly or, or the Roosters or Gold Coast. I think they were looking at that already. So I think it's a really good thing for them to get this loss. The more I look at it, the more I like it. I think they're going to be specials against Penriff, Parramatta. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. It definitely could be. Don't get me wrong. Because if Penrith get going, Parramatta have that self-destruct button. And I think Blake Ferguson, if he's playing at the wing, which he is, he's going to be in some strife. Nathan Cleary, we're putting up bombs deluxe to him, so I think if you're a Parramatta fan, get ready for that because that's a real thing and that's going to happen. But yeah, guys, I'm just going back to it. Penrith, I think they have to win this game. And Paul Kent, look, whatever you want to say about him, it's whatever. But he said if Penrith loses this game, they are going to be the choke artists of the NRL. Now, Kenty, if you ever hear this, I'd love for you to hear this. In 2019, Penrith didn't make the eight, right? So they didn't make the eight. In 2020, they go on one of the biggest win streaks in NRL history. They make the grand final with the youngest squad in the NRL. They lose by six points. But in saying that, it was more than a six-point game. Melbourne gave it to them. Right? So they lose the grand final. All right? The next game, they go up... The next season, sorry. They did not lose a game when the team was fully healthy in the regular season. They have lost to South this week. Nathan Cleary has had the first loss he had since Origin last year. How can you tell me that this Panthers team are choke artists? They're still the youngest team in the league. They are still learning, but they are giving teams when they win the business. How can you say they are choke artists? It doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. So, Paul Kent, I don't think you, you think... What you? I sometimes think you're just saying stuff and hoping it sticks and hoping it's a headline. When actually thinking about it, if you're the youngest team in the league and you're coming second and first consecutive seasons, how are you choke artists? You shouldn't be that good. You should be in the bottom end, if you ask me. You know, Gold Coast Titans—that's what Penrith should be like. That's what a lot of people thought Penrith would be like. And just because they had two good seasons, people just think that they're going to be oh great—they're going to—they should win the comp every year. No, it doesn't work like that. There's another. There's a lot of good teams, and when you're some of the best teams in the comp. You have people coming at your neck every game. You see it with Melbourne. Like Melbourne nearly lost to North Queensland. Melbourne got beat by the Parramatta Pretenders. Like you just see it. Everyone's going after their neck. So if you ask me, I don't think they're choke artists. And I think he'll be he'll be proven this week that they're not choke artists. Now, if they lose to Melbourne, whatever happens there, you can say whatever you want. But I think if, if whoever wins out of Melbourne, look, let's say Penrith win. Let's say Penrith win. Whoever wins out of Melbourne and whoever wins out of Penrith win the comp for me. That's my opinion. If, if whoever wins that wins the comp, I think. If Melbourne versus Manly again in the grand final, which I think will happen, they've already know, they know the blueprint how to beat Manly. Manly will be much better in that game. Don't get me wrong, but they know the blueprint. They know how to get Tommy Brath out of the game. But if Penrith win, so let's say they beat Parramatta, then they beat Melbourne, they will have a massive air of confidence. Now let's say it will be theirs to lose, hundred percent. And old Radiohead Kenny, he can go on there and say, "Oh, they still haven't won the comp." But if they get there, I know they'll versus Manly or South. If they versus South, they'll beat Souths pretty well. And a lot of people like, really? Yeah, they'll figure out a way how to beat beat Souths. I think they've realized that they can't get into the grind. If they get into the grind with Souths, then they're fucked. But if they don't get into the grind, they'll be all right. But going back to Kenny, old radio head, mate, I don't think they're pretenders. If you hear this, please come back and tell me why they're pretenders. But I just can't see how you say they're pretenders, when they're the youngest team in the league, I think a lot of other people were shocked that they lost. You would be shocked that they lost. So, mate, get off your high horse just because you're on 360, brother, and you can say whatever you want. Mate, I just don't I don't see it. And I'd love for you to come back to me with any stats you got. And if they're right, look, I'll say they're right, but I just think you're wrong. I think you're dead set wrong. Now, if they lose this week, yeah, it's going to be a bad season for them because now they're in the hunt of putting premierships. But they're still young as, and they're still going to get a premiership within the next five years. I think that's a fact. If they stay healthy, that's a fact if you ask me. But in saying that, now Penrith, they get Parramatta, let's say that. I think they're going to be, it's going to be a 1-12 to 12 game or a, or a thrashing. It's There's no in-between. There's no 13, 14-point game. I think it's going to be a close game or a thrashing to Penrith or Parramatta will win really, really tight. That's my only the, That's my only theories on this game. If you're saying that though, if Penrith get the win, they're going to have to find out a way how to beat Melbourne and you've got to look for what Parramatta did. You've got to out Melbourne Melbourne. You've got to get him in the ground. You've got to play physical. You've got to play tough. you got to get up into them. I think there's so many people you can take out of the game. For me, you've got to take the cheese out and you've got to take Jerome Hughes out. Now, if you take those two players out, I think you'll be really, really good. If you take the cheese out, there's less people that get the ball and I think People are like, Harry Grant's the best player in the best hooker in the world right now. But I think cheese is a little bit more important to him right now than Harry Grant. Now, in saying that, I do think when Harry Grant comes on, he's electric. And I actually love them when they're playing Harry Grant and Smith on at the same time. I think Spren Smith can be a perfect lock in this in this competition. I do think that's why they let someone like a Dale can go because I think at the end of the day, they're going to try to lean him to get him to do that. They're going to try to make him maybe start him, Harry Grant off the bench, and then that's the injection they have. Kind of like the Def lineup, what a Golden State Warriors did if you're a basketball fan. Iggy off the bench, and then you go Def lineup for me. But yeah, I just think whoever gets, if Penrith Melbourne versus in the preliminary finals, whoever wins that, I think it's a done deal who wins the premiership. But guys... That's my first Rugby League NRL little podcast there. My my predictions are for this week. Penny, they're going to get the win. I'm very unsafe about that still. I'm very nervous. I'll be very average watching the game. I'll be very nervous. I know Coach Zippy, the pest, they'll be going after me if Parramatta get the win. But I still think Penrith a little bit too strong. And that, hey, that's my bias talking, but I still think... As as a football player, as a football you know, as a person who watches football, this whole season, I think Paner. You know, if they play their game, they play natural. They get into their rhythm. They'll get the win. And then obviously, I'd love to see the Roosters get a win, but they're just a bit too hampered right now. I think the injuries and the loss of Sam Veros is going to be massive. So I think mainly thirteen plus a little bit of put a little bit of fat on that. But guys, thank you for listening. Want to check us out on Instagram? You will hear that very shortly. But guys, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe all of the content that's coming your way. Hit us up on Instagram at Lanes Media underscore all under capitalized letters. Thanks for listening, guys, but most importantly, have a great day.